Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. You want thoughts? I got him, as per usual. Welcome to another show, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. This is your Wednesday edition, Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. I'm your host, Dan Bespris. Yep, same one. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, or just Google search Dan from Hoopball. Yeah, the older one, it actually still comes up quicker. Dan from Sports Ethos would also work, although I, I do believe it's slightly harder to find. Algorithms haven't fully caught up yet. Sportsethos.com and at Ethos Fantasy BK. Best damn fantasy news feed on planet Earth. You should probably go follow that. Not a bad little Tuesday. We'll recap that uh, shortly. I do want to start the show because yesterday I told you I was going to be bonking you over the head with a request to rate and review the podcast. I haven't done that in a really long time, actually. We've been sort of marooned at 750-something, 754 reviews. I don't think we've gotten one since mid-January. And, of course, doing this at the front end of the show, this is a great way to get somebody who's pissed we're not talking about fantasy dropping in for one. But, look, I'm guessing at this point, I'm, I'm assuming... Most of you have been listening for most of the year, so please do. If you have 45 seconds, you can just do it along with me as I'm speaking it into existence. We're like a minute and 20-some-odd seconds into the podcast. 45 seconds. That's what it's going to take. We'll, I'll walk you through it here. You open up the podcast app on your mobile device or iTunes on your computer. In fact, you might already be using it to listen to this show. If you are, pause the show. If you're not, open up the thing. Search for Fantasy NBA today. You've got to go into the search function. In fact, by the time you do Fantasy NBA in the letter T, it'll know what you're looking for. Click on the show title. On a mobile device, scroll all the way to the bottom. You can rate and review at the bottom of that page. On iTunes, after you search, you click on the show. There's a rate and review tab. Please, please, please drop a five-star review on the podcast. I want to try to roll up a few here, snowball a few reviews as we head into the stretch run. We're almost into the silly season now. And there's your 45 seconds. That's it. Actually, it was less than that. It took us about 40. Into the Tuesday recap, Dallas beat Miami on the road. This is actually a pretty damn good win for the Mavericks, who have basically just pushed their chips, not in, kind of to the side, as if to say, look, we can do it without poor Singus. And they have been. Frankly, they did this one largely without Luka Doncic. 21-10-6 is like, that's like a half for him. But the other guys got it done. Maxi Kleba was fantastic in this game after some very quiet ones. And if you can catch him on these nights, terrific. If you can't, it's a little rough. He's averaged out somewhere in that, like, 120 range since Porzingis went down, which, you know, for most Roto leagues is probably not quite good enough. Head-to-head, it might cut the mustard. Low turnover guy. I'm probably not biting. Probably not. Jalen Brunson was still solid, played 39 minutes in this one. Spencer Dinwiddie had early foul trouble and then just wasn't really a massive factor, which, by the way, sort of an interesting little footnote in all of this. It's possible that Dinwiddie and Bertans don't play that much. That may have been a Dallas salary dump, which I know some of you, as I'm saying, you're like, but salary came back. Yeah, but it's easier to move two separate half like big salaries than one gigantic one. They were making the books a little bit cleaner, and you might see Bertans on the move at some point in the next year, Dinwiddie on the move, same kind of thing. Maybe they try to shuffle the deck a little bit. 
In all likelihood, Dinwiddie will play a little bit more as the season grows towards the end. Bertans, this is probably what he is. He's going to come in and he's going to, Luca's going to set him up for some open threes and then he's going to go back to the bench because he can't play any defense. But overall, I don't think Bertans is playing that much. Dinwiddie's not going to be playing enough to be a fantasy asset. So you can leave those guys alone. And if you have either of them, I would say this is a great time to go look for a replacement. But Brunson's a go. Dorian Finney-Smith has just been quietly plodding along, kind of in that same, I know we always made the road to top 90 joke on Dorian Finney-Smith. He's probably going to hover around 100. He and Royce O'Neal. You get the same stat set out of both of those guys, uh, which, you know, borderline startable. Probably not in Roto, probably yes in head-to-head. You get a good week going. You can pile up a few stats. Mostly it's Luka uh, and Brunson on that team right now, and Reggie Bullock when he's around. And, you know, that may have cleared out a little bit of space. Josh Green got the start. He played 20 minutes. Bertans got his first minutes. The, it, you know, when Bullock comes back, that dings a bunch of these guys because he really had carved out a nice role prior to the what we hope is a short-term injury. But, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter because the All-Star breaks here in a couple of days anyway. Jimmy Butler got off to a slow start, picked it up as the game went on. Didn't really have his defensive stuff in this one, but I don't know that we can complain a ton about 29-10-3 with another great free-throw shooting game. Adebayo, another good one. Couple of blocks, double-double. Defensive stats have been a lot better for him since he came back from injury. Lowry was fine. You guys recall he was the old man who was too old, even for the old man squad, but he's startable when he's healthy. And that's it. That's as far as you go on that Heat team. Was curious what Cleveland was going to do in this one. They lost in Atlanta, but I don't really care about the game score. Other than that, it was really high scoring. And that's fun for almost all parties involved, with the exception of Karis LeVert, who couldn't really get it going. And, I, you know, the Cavs, I think, have some figuring out to do. Right now, they're trying to figure out how to use LeVert, their new toy, so to speak. And they're bringing him off the bench right now. They're trying to stagger him with Darius Garland so they have someone who's going to run the offense as an actual offensive threat. Sorry, Rajon Rondo, not an offensive threat anymore. Someone who's going to run the offense who can both pass and shoot in that second unit. The problem is that that was basically Kevin Love's domain. And Love, who stepped aside in the previous ballgame and said, Karis, you do whatever you want, came back in this one and said, no, 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 like this is my spot. So Love went back to having his good ball game, and it was Levert who got marginalized a little bit. I don't know if this is the right formula. It feels to me like you've got to get your best players on the floor together. And right now, the Cavs are starting Isaac Okoro and Dean Wade over Karis Levert. It's not close. I know you want someone to, like, do, do what the Lakers have done for a long time with LeBron. He comes out of the six-minute mark. There's plenty of teams... Do what the Warriors have done. You know, Steph plays the whole first quarter. They've always had someone overlapping there, historically. Not that Levert and Garland are superstars by any stretch, but they're the best creators on this team. So stagger them a little bit, but you don't have to just bench the guy who's now probably your second most impactful player on offense, at least. Evan Mobley probably gets that hunter on an all-around basis regardless i think they're gonna figure it out i think you actually probably have a little bit of a buy low window on levert who's not really a fantasy guy that i like very much i've never been pro karis levert on this podcast you guys have actually heard me in seasons past making fun of analysts that were going were slobbering over karis levert four or five years ago when he just was never gonna happen 
He has holes in his fantasy game that aren't about to fix themselves, but they, they get closer to fixing themselves when he has a ton of usage. And in this role, where he's biting at the same apple with Kevin Love versus the same apple with Darius Garland, there isn't a perfect solution, but you got to get him out there. Yes, you keep starting him. What would you buy him for? What would you give up for Karis LeVert? I mean, I'd give up like a top 100 kind of guy. Probably won't be enough. But I don't think I'd give up much more. I don't think there's that much wiggle room there if you go much higher. Jared Allen, all-star replacement. Thought you might see a bigger game out of him as the replacement, but uh, got held in check in this one. Which is kind of interesting given, you know, how many points got put up in the ball game, but it'll be fine. Uh, on the other side, Kevin, uh, Kevin Herter has been okay lately. Bogdan Bogdanovich has been pretty good lately. The guy we were watching was Danilo Gallinari, who was terrible in a spot start on Sunday, filling in for John Collins, who was much better in this ball game. More of a classic Gallo line. Six for six at the free throw line. Three threes. Not a whole lot else. Thought he might get four or five rebounds. He got three. Did get one steal. We'll take it. Clint Capella cooled off, did play 30 minutes at least. So that you have to call a little bit of a win. I mean, I know, small victories, I guess. This is a narrow window for him to try to put up some points and rebounds while Collins is out. Some minutes, really. Anyway, he's a start. Capella's a start. Certainly while Collins is out, you're kind of stuck with him even when JC's back. I like Bogdan still. I don't really much care for Herter. Pretty boring fantasy player. When Trey Young is healthy, what a season Trey's having. He's been pretty impressive. And then Gallo, who we've talked about. I took the plunge on him on Sunday. It didn't work. Took the plunge again here. It did. Very much did. And uh, you can just keep rolling with Gallo, I think, as long as Collins is out. Because this is much more like what we would have expected. More shots, more free throws. That's where the value's tied up for him anyway. Get to the foul line. Boston. Ooh, you knew they came in mad for this ballgame. Philly doesn't have their new star yet. Philly's missing some bodies. Paul Millsap got into the game, played nine minutes, and nobody cared. But Boston flexed their muscle on that defensive side, even without the Time Lord. Yeah, they did it even without him. Al Horford was set to probably have a bigger ball game, but he had to deal with Joel Embiid, ended up in foul trouble early, and never really recovered from that. If Time Lord misses another ball game, Horford will most likely perform better. This was also a blowout. So you probably would have seen Big Al for the last five, six minutes of the game, and that didn't need to happen. Marcus Smart tweaked an ankle. My guess is he's probably out through the All-Star break. We don't know exactly how bad it is right now. Uh, but the assumption, like, there's, there's not a massive reason to push him. Although, it is worth noting, with this win, Boston now just one game back of Philly for the Atlantic Division lead. They are climbing and fast. Jason Tatum's been very good. Jalen Brown's been very good. Daniel Tice... Welcome back. Great ball game filling in. He's not a pickup. No, no, no. And Derek White was actually kind of quiet, although he remains a guy you start quite simply. Meanwhile, over on that Philly side, I've talked a bunch of times about how I just really don't trust all the wings, and this game stressed it again. Thibault is not trustworthy. Danny Green is not trustworthy. George Niang is not trustworthy. The list goes on. Sure, I'm forgetting. Furkan Korkmaz is the other one. Those four guys are the kind of the, the grouping. Tyrese Maxey, you can generally go with Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid. That's it right now. And then we'll reassess once Harden gets going. My guess is that Tyrese Maxey probably falls off the map at that point. I suppose we'll see. 
Minnesota-Charlotte needed overtime to get over the highest total on the board, but it got there. 126-120, the final score. Cat, big one. Jaden McDaniels, big one. With Anthony Edwards turning an ankle and missing the second half, they had to go to a different look. Patrick Beverly, you guys know I love me some Pat Bev Roto lines. He missed some free throws, which was extremely annoying. Otherwise, a brilliant line for Pat. And uh, Jared Vanderbilt bounced back with a double-double and a steal. He still looks a little bit tired to me. Only the one steal. I think you see some better games out of him out of the All-Star break. But this was a little bit better, and I feel like it has to quell, calm the nerves of folks that are like, oh, he's just, you know, he's done. No, he's just a little tired. Am I picking up Jaden McDaniels if Edwards has to miss time? Probably not. They'll go hot hand a little bit. It might be Beasley that gets a little bonus run. It might be McDaniels. Could be him again. Uh, his fantasy game hasn't really filled out the way it might have appeared in this particular ball game. And then on the Charlotte side, we're keeping an eye on the uh, front court minutes. P.J. Washington got in there and just went like full Shane Battier for 33 minutes. Took five shots with a usage rate of 6%. Three points, eight boards, four steals, a block, and a three-pointer. So he did some of the other stuff that was kind of cool. Uh, but he didn't really get himself involved in the offense. And, you know, it's largely because LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, and Miles Bridges decided they were just going to take all the shots. Didn't get the other guys involved in this one. Not really, at least. Montrez, 33 minutes. He does appear to be startable on this Charlotte team. It looks like they're just going to, they're really going to feed him minutes. I don't know what happens when Gordon Hayward comes back, if he comes back anytime soon. Seems like he's had another two or three weeks at the very least. Uh, but in the meantime, they're just pouring minutes into Plumlee, Washington, and Montrez. All those guys are getting a look. And if Kelly Oubre gets hot, he steals from any one of the three. No, I'm not starting Plumlee. Had a big ball game here, but I'm not starting him. Montrez, I think you can. I think he's startable based on what we're seeing. They've ramped his minutes up very quickly. And then I like P.J. Washington. I know this is an ugly ball game, but his minutes have been up. Since Hayward went down, and I'm not going to bend on... You know, like We know what his assessment is when he's getting sufficient playing time. Hey, we got new information for you guys from our good buddies at expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Hey, uh... Did you know that using the internet without ExpressVPN is like checking in your bags at the airport without a lock? You think your stuff is kept private. But you never know who's going through your crap. I don't know what you guys pack in your, your suitcase. For me, uh, the thing that I really didn't want people touching was broadcast equipment, oddly enough. I used to travel uh, with broadcast equipment regularly. This was way back. It was like 2011 when I was doing a podcast for pregame.com. Uh, I had to travel with my mixer... And I don't know what's happening to that stuff. I tried to do it in carry-on, but I got a lot of sideways looks and a lot of random pat-downs with, with big electronics in my carry-on bag. It all ended up fine. Um, but I don't know. Think about your bag. What do you not want somebody rifling through after you check it? That's what you're doing with the internet. You're just floating through without a lock. When you go online without a VPN, ISPs can see every single website you visit. They can then legally sell that information without your consent to ad companies, tech giants, whoever, and then they use that data to target you. So this is like somebody going through your suitcase, finding your broadcast equipment, and then 
hounding you, like coming up, coming to your door every day and trying to sell you a microphone. But think about that in a much more lewd and lascivious manner. Like if somebody came to my door with a microphone, I'd be like, this is weird, but I guess I'm not all that creeped out. But think about something you might be traveling with. What about medicines? What if somebody knew what medicines you were taking and they came to your door? That's messed up. Why should you use ExpressVPN? Because then you can browse anonymously. When you use expressvpn.com slash hoopball, ISPs can't see your activity. Your identity is protected by a secure VPN server. Your data is encrypted. It's easy to use. You fire up the app, you click one button, and it works on all of your devices, phones, laptops, even routers. You can install it on a router. So everyone who shares your Wi-Fi could be protected. That's pretty damn cool. Then you don't need to run it on each individual machine. I use expressvpn.com to protect my privacy and to allow me to stream videos without people knowing what I'm watching. So secure your online activity by visiting our special link, expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Today, yes, the old name, expressvpn.com slash hoopball, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, get three extra months free on your 12-month subscription. 15 months for the price of 12, expressvpn. Check them out. Next on the docket, Memphis without John Morant. Got it done again. They are... They just swarm you, man. Tyus Jones, fill-in start, went bananas, 27-9. and John was a late scratch. Would have been tough to get Tyus in there. Uh, opportunity, maybe. If he gets in on the back-to-back, does Jock come back, or is this another Tyus game? If it is, you go Jones again. You guys know I love me some Brandon Clark. 18-8, and eight, two steals, 8 out of 9 shooting in only 23 minutes. That's all he needs. We're going to go over this stupid thing over and over again. He's a start. DeAnthony Melton, 13-4. and four. Shot the ball a little bit better. No three-pointers in this one. He is still... He's startable. I mean, if he shoots 46% from the field, he's startable. Nothing else really matters at that point. I mean, they, Memphis, man, they are, they're really something. They just keep coming at you. Ten more steals. They rack them up. McCollum's looked good in his new duds for the uh, Pelicans. JV... Didn't get many rebounds in this game. Memphis just obliterated the Pels on the glass. Jackson Hayes played 28 minutes, or 29 minutes. This was interesting, although it is worth pointing out, Herb Jones was in foul trouble in the first half. Jonas Valanciunas was in foul trouble basically throughout the entire ballgame, and that bought Jackson a little bit of extra time. Devontae Graham only 23 minutes. He is a big, like, he's a drop in any format right now. Brandon Ingram is trying to figure out how to coexist with McCollum. He's being a little bit passive at the moment. And I don't know that it's necessarily good for the Pals, although it's hard to gauge when you lose to a Memphis team that is pretty much beating everybody. But this is this is that one. Like, we were... On yesterday's podcast, yesterday or two days ago, I was like, ah, oh, you can probably drop Jackson Hayes. If you wanted to give him one more game, you could. And if you did, well, yeah, I mean, you ended up making the right play there. I didn't. I couldn't wait around. I don't know that this is enough to put him back on my team, though. He went 6-for-6 six six from the field. That's not going to happen. The minutes is what I like. And it's the first time since the trade that he's seen that quantity. I kind of need to see him do it again at this point. Like, it seems like the Jackson Hayes who isn't playing very much is the more regular one. And this felt like the outlier as opposed to the other way around. I need something to convince me that the other stuff was the outlier. The two or three bad games. And then this one that was, again, not a great game, but better. So I'm not moving on it. If somebody else does... And it sticks, fine, but, you know, I got 
And on my bench, I'd rather stream Tyus Jones for a game at this point. You know, assuming Ja misses another one. Buddy Heald went nuts. Tyrese Halliburton is just going to be so good. And I don't know, Malcolm Brogdon probably plays at some point, I'd assume. And that'll shift everybody up. But then the question is, who does it push to the bench? Jalen Smith put up some pretty good numbers in only 17 minutes. He fouled out. That's what happens when you deal with Giannis on the other side. O'Shea Brissett slowed down in a huge way, but he's still going to see big-time opportunity here in the short term. So I'm not dropping O'Shea Brissett. I don't care that he had a bad ball game. He had a bad ball game because, you know, he's not an all-world basketball player, and he's not just gonna, he's not going to have giant stats every single night. That's just, you know, that's a... a something that the really good players do. The ones that are just okay might have explosion games every once in a while, but just getting minutes doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be perfect every night. So I'll stick with Brissette. Uh, I'm not in on Goga. You guys know that about me. Smith, I'm keeping an eye on. I mean, you know, this is a pretty good line. The minutes haven't been there. I don't know how many would have played if he didn't foul out. It seems like they're willing to kind of mix and match right now. And then we're still waiting to see what Isaiah Jackson does if or when he comes back. I've had to move on from him in a lot of spots because, again, you know, how many places can you really just sit on zeros right now? Guess he's close to being IL eligible at the very least, if he's not already in your league. Oh, Halliburton, you are you were already fun to roster when you were on the Kings, and now it just gets even better. Grayson Allen, hip soreness. Old man Grayson Allen, out of the game with hip soreness. Uh, I don't really know what the Bucks are going to do going into the next one. Lindell Wigginton played 28 minutes. Jordan Nwora played 26. It's possible that Nwora is the guy here. And he does seem less bashful about shooting. I'll give him that. Would I pick him up? Nah. I'll just roll the main four. Portis, Holiday, Milton, Giannis. Easy enough. Rumble along. Don't worry about it. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Uh, Clippers are... They're a head-scratcher, man. Uh, how do I even how do I even present this this Clippers team? What what do we like? Because it is to call it a hot hand is almost not fair because it's not as though the minutes are actually being distributed all that differently. They're not going that deep into the roster. What did eight nine guys get into this ball game? Nine maybe. At least twelve. <sighs> I know Norman Powell's out for a while. We still don't have an official timeline on him, but he's probably going to be getting close to droppable. Paul George, by the way, is supposed to be reassessed in about nine days, so that's something to keep an eye on. But in the meantime, you've got this same crop, and I said on yesterday's show I trust Ivica Zubats. I still do. He's mostly unchallenged at that center spot. Isaiah Hardenstein's not coming for his minutes. It's not happening. Isaiah's got that great per 36, but it's not happening. Zubats, that's his job. Nick Batum has been playing better the last couple of ball games. Is he getting healthier? I don't know. When he was healthy, he was great. And they scaled him back. They scaled him up, scaled him back, scaled him up. I need someone behind the scenes in Clippertown that's like leaning over to me between ball games and going, hey, Nick's healthy tonight. Okay, great. I'll start him. He's going to get 27, 28 minutes or, or more. Same guy might come over. Hey, uh, Batum bit down too hard on a, on a caramel and he... His tooth is hurting. I'm trying to make an old man joke, and I, I'm bungling it. Seriously bungling it. In those games, you sit him because they're going to play him like 22 minutes. It's not going to be enough. Is it going to be the game where Marcus Morris gets hot? I don't care. I'm not in on the mark. Is it going to be the Reggie Jackson goes ice cold game, although at least he's still distributing, so there's that. 
you guys all tried to talk me into the Terrence Mann experience, and I was like, look, guys, if his shot is off, I don't see the rest of this stuff that you're pointing out to me. Steals and blocks were always too high in his heaters. They come back to earth. Rebounds, assists. The assists were too high during the heater. That came back to earth. They didn't make that many three-pointers. About one. So, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, I'm sticking to my guns here with this Clippers team. I'm on Zubots, and I am contemplating, at times, Reggie Jackson and Nick Batum. And Jackson, I've been... I think I basically said you probably could do it. And then, of course, he went ice cold. And then with Batum, it's all about... You know, we don't know how healthy is he. What the... Well, I, I don't. If I did, I'd know exactly when to start him and when not to. Whatever. Whatever. It's annoying. Uh, we're going to get this one on the relatively short side today, actually, believe it or not. But I am going to tell you about Thrive Fantasy before we uh, pivot towards the the closing segment of the show. And that is to remind you guys that I really need you to try it out. You know, if, if you if maybe you guys already rated and reviewed the podcast, like, Dan, I already did it. What else can I do for you? This. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. Maybe I'll run a contest. That feels like a good thing to do, doesn't it? Maybe I'll run a contest, and I'll make the deposit for the winner of the contest. But I haven't figured out what it is. What I, what I am going to do is I'm going to probably do it on social media. Because it's very hard to do it via podcast. And, I, you know, you guys listen to this thing. Some of you listen first thing when it drops. Some listen, you know, 18, 19 hours later. It's not really fair. Not really fair. Uh, so I'll probably do it on social so there you go. I'm going to do a social contest. I figured out what the hell I'm going to do or how it's going to work. But live here on air, you heard me brainstorming. It's not, it's not very interesting, is it? Uh, but someone, the winner of said contest, is going to get an account at Thrive Fantasy with promo code ETHOS. And I'm going to put the $10 in for you. There. There you go. Or I'll reimburse you or something like that. I don't know. Whatever's legal from a contest perspective. i got to get legal on it. I don't know what I'm allowed to do. <laughs> Good job, Dan. Pull your crap together over here. In the meantime, if you want to just get started, have at it. Go open up an account at thrivefantasy.com. Make sure you use promo code ETHOS when you sign up, such that when you make your first deposit of only $10, if you'd like, you get a $10 match on that deposit bonus, 100% deposit bonus, up to $100 if you wanted to go bigger. And if you put in 10 bucks, they'll give you 2 $20 contest entry tickets. You can use them on the $20 nightly contest. Go in a whole bunch of money. That's basically on the house at that point. ThriveFantasy.com. Promo code ETHOS. E-T-H-O-S. As we are, indeed, Sports Ethos. I will remind all of you as well that we continue to recruit over here at Sports Ethos. We are looking for handicappers, and we are looking for folks who want to learn how to blurb, and we are looking for a Sacramento area salesperson. I know that one's a little bit more niche, a little more uh, targeted. I'm guessing at least a handful of you that listen to this podcast are in the Sacramento area. I don't know how many that would be, but if you are, you're into sales, and you're thinking, I need a career change, hit me, at Dan Bespris on Twitter. Maybe we can make something happen. Maybe. Look at that, guys. Half an hour show. I went rant-free today. Maybe I'll give you guys a good old-fashioned rant on tomorrow's pod. Doesn't matter. Again, let's just take it over to the social side. We'll talk to you guys over there. Have a wonderful, wonderful, whatever the day it is. It's Wednesday. (laughs) 
lost it. All-Star break is coming and my brain needs it. Two more days of basketball. What are we doing, by the way, over the All-Star break? That's something that's going to add another 30 seconds here at the end of the show. We have shows. We have shows. Uh, our Friday show this week will be kind of your uh, your weekend review stuff a little bit, but I also want to look ahead towards the slam dunk contest, the three-point contest, so I do uh, throw out some some future, some exotics, some, uh, some plays, some bets on All-Star Weekend. And then next week, we've got those few days before the games come back. That's a really nice time to sort of reassess. You start to look at the silly season. You start to look at your team's. We'll go through some strategy stuff. It's almost like a teaser as to what the show's like in the offseason for anybody that is tuning in now that hasn't been a part of us post-Fantasy Universe. And now, officially, we are done. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow.